on this very special episode of NC Raw, my man Caleb McCoy sat down on a weekday during the daytime to talk with an amazing woman. Mm. When people come into town that are doing phenomenal work, we're going to reach out to them and we're going to make accommodations to bring them to the table and have a conversation with them. So today we got to talk to the amazing Mary Ferrari of Emerald School of Excellence, the very first recovery high school in Charlotte, North Carolina. What do you think of the conversation, Caleb? Man, it just really goes to show that she hasn't been affected directly, like, I mean, with her family and everything, by addiction. But yet, she has a heart and the compassion and the fire and the faith, man, to put, you know, to, to set out and to change the world. That's what she's doing with this thing, you yeah. know, and just uh, seeing the, the impact that she's making. It was, it was amazing. She really sharpened. Sharpen my, you know, iron sharpens iron here. And I was just so, we were so blessed to sit down and listen to, to the, some of the work that she's doing. Yeah, it was an awesome conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I learned a lot from her about mm -hmm. being passionate and about not letting things stop you from achieving your goals. And when you, things don't necessarily go your way, it doesn't mean that you should give keep up. Keep pushing, baby. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. So with that being said, let's cut to the chase. Give it up for an amazing woman. Woman of God. An amazing mm. woman of God. Miss Mary Ferrari. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Ready, set, go. Good, af good afternoon. Good morning, Mary Ferrari. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time out of your vacation to stop by and visit with us at NC Raw. Yes, thank you, thank you. So glad to have you here, girl. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, introduce yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing here? Sure. So I was actually originally from New York, but I'm a teacher in Charlotte-Mecklenburg and actually live in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So 
I've been all over a little bit on the mm-hmm. the East Coast, but I'm a teacher and educator, and it was placed at my heart about two years ago to start a nonprofit to help teens struggling with substance use. Yeah, and you've done a lot with that nonprofit in the last in two the last years. two years. Yeah. Yes, it's been an awesome journey. What are you working towards? So we're hoping to open August 2019, and that's just with a lot of hard work and a lot of people behind us trying to make this thing happen. How did you end up in North Carolina, in Charlotte? In Charlotte. <laughs> Rock Hill, South Carolina? So it's a really crazy I, story. I'm familiar with the area. Yeah, so Charlotte offered, to, no, 10 years ago, these job fairs for educators, which they don't do as, as frequently anymore, um, but from New York, when you're a PE and health teacher, it is really hard to catch a job because people just, once you're in it in Long Island and New York, you don't leave until you retire. So finding opportunities was really um, few and far between. So we ended up looking around. My husband and I, we met in college and we were both PE and health teachers. And so an opportunity came for us to go ahead and get a job. And so we just picked up everything after we graduated college and moved. Wow. That's a pretty bold move. It was. We have no family, no friends. We knew nobody. But through (laughs) actually sports, we were able to make friends. Absolutely. Um, We joined a flag football league like right out the gate. (laughs) And um, both of us is co-ed and they really needed an athletic girl. Um, you know, some teams, they just pick up who they can, but I think they felt like, oh, she's a PE teacher. She can play. She's talented. Yeah. (laughs) So we had a blast, but we met our core group of friends in the first three or four years moving here through sports. Super cool. Yeah. You enjoying it so far? You like it? I love it. Yeah, I do. There's something about, too, about, um, you know, like that fellowship with people that are Mm -hmm. driven, athletic, and so true. Like that's something we talk about all the time is the people that we meet on races and just you know the um how can you not get inspired by some of the people we meet you oh know? absolutely it's yeah. active and their stories a lot of people have some you know amazing stories of overcoming things and stuff so that's why we you know we continue to do what we do we always get encouraged mm-hmm. you know anytime we go to them things and um, just meeting and hear, hearing from different people well i think look at just us but not like everybody we meet but us too like to me I try to teach kids earlier and earlier that physical activity sports just being involved and community it literally can change and save your life Mm -hmm. so the earlier you get involved the opportunities and the people you meet to create your like go-to group of people game changer I believe Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. even like your whole inner being the balance your spirituality I mean emotional being everything it's just and I think, like, that. for what you're doing with the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, like right. it has to be super challenging, ha- them being a generation born with mm. the, the devices in their hands. Oh, my oh gosh. Yeah. I talk whereas, about it all the time. Whereas, like, us, like, we grew up outside playing sports and yep. like learning that from an early age and kids roll into your classroom every day. That's something that you're, like, probably one of the first people, for some of them, yep. who introduces this type of, like, lifestyle to them. Oh, yeah. We heard a, we heard a sermon the other day and talked about, like, we're in an age of <clears throat> people hide behind comments. People mm-hmm. don't know how to carry on a conversation. So true. You know, they have this... this um, spirit where they think they have, they're entitled and they don't know, like I said... This is a dying art, mm-hmm. being able to sit down in front of somebody and just have a conversation and relate. Absolutely. Um, it's so true. 
it's a dying art. Um, I was always like a talk radio junkie, like as a kid, like mm -hmm. I just, it was just something that I was fascinated with, like the humor and the entertainment side of it. Um, and I talk about this all the time to like my friends, but like how many people specifically in recovery, but how many people get to sit down with their close friends for two hours, once a week, uninterrupted mm -hmm. and have a personal, often, um, deep and pretty intense conversation with people they love and people they care about mm -hmm. like the bonds that are created by just like coming to the table and just well talking. it's a strem a moment or a few hours of strengthening because yeah. we all need i i don't have time but i actually recently spoke with the director of archway academy the recovery high school we're trying to model after mm -hmm. she's incredible and very inspiring and she said that it's so important that when you're in this work that you also really take care of yourself, but not just like self-care, like how everybody talks about it, but actually go and speak to someone and that therapy shouldn't and should not be looked at as like a negative, but a, just a self-care method. And so she talks about that because you do, you're constantly around trauma when you're trying to help people who mm -hmm. are in the midst of addiction or struggling with mental health. And it really struck me like, man, I'd love, when I was in high school, I went to therapy for years, but now I'm like, I'd love to go, but I don't really have time. And that's a that's an excuse because mm -hmm. I could make time. Mm -hmm. But it'd be so much um, valuable in a different way if I sat down with some people who are most close and dear to me. And I've actually now set aside time on Sunday mornings to sit with uh, some of the most wisest, loving, incredible people to do kind of what you guys are talking about sitting here and doing. It's just sharing pouring everything out from the week, the month, and that's almost just as good, if not even better in a weird way, than going to the traditional therapy that I'm familiar with. So, pretty cool. You'll see value in it, for sure. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, like my recovery sure. changed um, the minute we started doing this. Well, we, uh, I was talking to Mary last night, and she was like, well, I've done, I've done radio shows and interviews, you know, it lasted like... 30 to 40 minutes mm -hmm. and I was like well this is a podcast so it's going to be more intimate and mm -hmm. we can sit down and we can talk on a deeper level about the stuff that you're doing and that's important because sure. I know like when we go into interviews you're like okay you got this long and it's yeah, just rapid fire like, yeah so and it's hard it's hard to you, you know you do leave it i tell people all the time you'll leave it saying man there's so much more i wanted yes. to say yes. or man like i need to elaborate on that they just got a piece of that mm -hmm. you know yeah. I will tell you though, even after like an hour and a half to two oh, hours, still the have same more thing to talk will happen. About. Yeah. The same thing will happen. You'll be like, oh, I should have like mentioned this, or I should have said that, but then you'll go back and listen to it, and you'll be like, oh, you know what? That sounded pretty good. Mm -hmm. Sure. I sounded like I knew what I was talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> Realistically, I don't. I'm just a dude. I'm just a college student in recovery. I'm just a, a dude. I'm just a dude. <laughs> Rob on the radio. <laughs> um, Emerald School. Yes. Like, how did this and this? thing this idea this concept like where did it come from mm. and then like what what did you initially do what action did you take to like get the ball rolling oh goodness people have ideas all the time and like <laughs> yeah. they don't go that far fear fear yeah. keeps them oh, sure. from stepping out okay so it was about two and a half years ago and i was just at the an incredible point in my life where the Butler Dream Team was a group, an organization I was I took over. And this organization, the lady 
who had started it at Butler High School, she retired. And she said, Mary, I'd really like you to take this over. And I said, okay, sure, I'd love to. Um, but what does this entail? And I didn't really know what to expect, but I learned more than I ever thought I could from kids. I learned what it means to give back to the community, to love God, to be community service driven. I never really saw what that looked like until I let kids show me. And it changed my life. And there was a point two and a half years ago where I came across this incredible film, a documentary called Generation Found. Dives into the best recovery high school in the country. And I said, wow, I really want to show this to the community. I think our community, A, could use it, but B, let's let's get it up and going. But the way it had it set up was you signed up, and it could be like on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, the off time for movie theaters, at your local theater. But you had to pre sell mm-hmm. like 70 to 100 tickets and I was like oh my I don't think people are going to do this A sad for recovery I don't think people are going to do it and B I'm like that it's like 11 bucks so it was at the time like 2 or 3 dollars more than you're just going walking in buying a ticket so I was like I don't know if people are going to do it but let me just give it a shot and so I went and I posted and said here's the link I really here's the trailer to generation found I really want everybody who can come on out well before I knew it we had over 70, 75 people pre-purchase. So I was like, oh, this is great. I can't wait to see this film. And myself and about four other amazing individuals, very passionate. One had lost her son in 2016 to an overdose, heroin and fentanyl. And a couple others were in recovery, awesome people. And one of um, my really dear friend, she was a teacher also. And we're just sitting around a table at Panera, and we said, what can we do? We're so tired of being invited to conferences and coalitions and sitting around this long table and talking about what needs to get done. Let's actually do something. But what can we do? Like, there's so much to be done. How do we wrap our head around one thing that we can make a difference? And that was right before the film was going to take place. And my good friend, like, kind of just casually leans over and said, Mary, why don't you start a recovery high school? And I was like, (laughs) are you kidding me? What? Like, And I said jokingly, me and my colleagues at Butler used to joke all the time, like, there's a lot that's broken in our school system. There's a lot that needs to change. But who are we? Who are we that's going to actually ever? We joke. We're like, we're going to start our own school one day. I had no concept, really, of a recovery high school. And then when that friend just leaned over so casually and threw that idea out there, I don't know what it was. But at that moment, we said, well, what would that look like? What would that take? We see the film, and the film, I mean, if you have any type of connection to kids, people in recovery, pain, so like everyone truly, mm-hmm. watching this film and seeing these kids who were probably written off as you're going to go to jail, you're going to die, or you have no hope, walking across a graduation stage in their cap and gown proud and probably of with more dignity, integrity, mm-hmm. respect, and honor than any other kid that was graduating that year. I said, this is the most beautiful thing. And the reason I'm a teacher in the first place, let's do this thing. And so I leave there hugging the people I love the most saying, we're doing this for your son, your daughter, like in honor of they won't die in vain. And so from that moment, I had this gathering at my house in December of 2016, and I gathered my tightest, closest people that I'd shared this with, and they were like, oh, you need to do this. This is fabulous idea, great concept, and it's not your grand old idea. There's 
a whole bunch all over the country. So you don't have to be like convincing so many people. It's just look at this model that already exists. We're going to bring that model and just tweak it for North Carolina. And so this group of people consisted of educators, coaches, young people in recovery, family members that lost people, and some law enforcement. Just great people, key people. It's a well-rounded group. Oh, yeah, and mm-hmm. that's something we learned from the get-go is you need to get a community behind this. It can't be all people in recovery. It can't be all educators. Mm-hmm. It has to be everybody from all different components. And so we sit there and we said, okay, we need to be – Incorporated, And that's where I just simply started. My good friend had started an incredible group called Michael's Voice, and it's for advocacy, awareness, and she lost, that's the woman, Betsy Ragone, lost her son. And she had gone through this process already. So I had a really dear friend that I was able to kind of shadow and learn from her process of being incorporated and becoming a nonprofit and waiting those terrible six months to find out, am I, you know, approved to be a nonprofit, 501c3 or not, six months is a long time. But I was trying to be so proactive and say, well, six months, we're going to wait, but I don't want to just sit and wait. We have a lot of work to get done in the meantime. And so I just started recruiting and building my team for a year, year and a half. And what that consisted of for me was seriously sitting down for coffee with so many people, So many people just grabbing coffee in the morning for lunch or in the evenings and any spare moment I had. And that's been the best part of this whole thing, to be honest. What we were just talking about was meeting people. That's been the best part of this whole journey is is getting to know my team. And as I share here, everybody always says at the end, well, how can we help? Well, not just financially. It's actually in this past two years, it's been more about time commitment. It's been more about doing some research and doing some things that are pro bono just based on your talents and your strengths. And those people have come through tremendously. And probably brought folks with them. Oh, gosh. The minute you share with like one or two people, they're immediately like, oh, I know three, four, five people. Yeah, let me introduce you to these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's totally how, yeah. I have to ask. Yes. Um, what was your husband's reaction when you come round at home from the movie and he's like, and you're like, guess what we're gonna do? <laughs> oh yeah, it was. He's a numbers guy, uh-huh. and he's a very. Um, he's we ha- we share a lot of things, and then yet we also balance each other out quite well. So he's like, well, you mean you're not gonna then retire when you're like 50 or 60? Because CMS gives you a pretty nice planned out, you know, retirement and all that stuff. He's like, you got to think about all those things. What are you going to get paid and, and health care and all this stuff? And he's like, just consider all these things and make sure you plan around that before you just jump ship. So he's helped guide me in terms of our financial planning. But he was like, I think you're crazy probably in the beginning. Like, are you really going to go and do this? But the cool thing is he started his own big organization himself. So I think with him starting something quite different – but in essence, very similar process. I think it was at least a little bit understanding of what that was going to take and so look like. This, your vision, did it spawn and inspire him to start his own thing? No. Or was it, hey, you doing something already? It was weird. It was not simultaneous, but I want to say he started QCKBF just a little bit before then. But then it really started to blossom and grow. What is it? It's called uh, QCKBF, which is Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing. <laughs> we got to come down here. Yeah, it is so cool. It's based <laughs> out of Charlotte, but they travel all over. Y'all done, um, you've done a lot of fundraising for Emerald School of Excellence. 
three. Fishing, have you done a fishing tournament? Well, yes. Vinny last year did. It's so, it was actually really cool. It was a kitty rod <laughs> tournament. Oh, so like imagine yeah. all these like intense competitive kayak anglers and they have these little kitty rods <laughs> and they're in the kayak <laughs> and they're all like, let's get the biggest fish and the most and whatever. And so that was a blast. But that So and, what won it? Oh, gosh. Craziness. This is a crazy story. The guy that won, he wouldn't mind me saying this, but he usually doesn't cash and, and win in these tournaments. And he killed it in the kitty rod event <laughs> with like, I think it was almost 70. So we do it by inches and it's four fish. Yeah. So he caught, I think, almost 70 inches with the kitty rods. And it's nice. all kayaking? Or? All kayaking. Dude, that's no so motors. Cool, mm -hmm. That's so cool. It's so much fun. You guys would enjoy it. That's um, pretty amazing. You know yeah. that we live in the fly fishing capital of the world. Yes. True. Right mm -hmm. here is like trout, galore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like people come the from trophy all waters in Cherokee. To come and oh, sure. Trout fish. But there's mm -hmm. also some pretty solid bass fishing over in like Lake, Lake Glenville and Fontana and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sure. Totally need to like get out there. I haven't kayak fished since no, I, I haven't moved, either, but since it I moved here. It's so much fun. But I'll tell yeah. you, when we first started, everything's a journey, you know. So the first time, I'll never forget it. We go to, I think it was, it was either. Cabela's, oh no, it was Dick's Sporting Goods. And Vinny was gonna pick out his first kayak ever. And he didn't know what to pick. And we're looking at the ranges of like a couple hundred dollars. So we're talking bottom of the line kayaks. <laughs> you should see what he has now. So as he's looking, he's like, I don't know what to pick. I was like, well, just pick one. Like, I don't understand. So he finally gets one and it's like, you're paddling. It's a game changer when you can purchase a pedal kayak. Yeah. Oh my. And that it goes backwards and forwards and the turns and everything. You can get so much, so many places so much faster. Uh -huh. Dude, they got it's them with like so cool. electric trolling motors. It's ridiculous. And like glass bottoms and fish finders and all. I mean, they glass yeah, they bottoms. Hook it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they what? hook it up. It's yeah. Well, we're going to have to, Caitlin and I, we're going to have to come down there <laughs> you and need do some to. kayaking Heck for real. Yeah. <laughs> what lake are y'all fishing? It's all over. So they do all like over? Wiley, Norman, yeah. Watery, um, Oh my gosh, he'll kill me for that on all the lists. Yeah, you were oh, just yeah. by there. Norman's yeah. beautiful. It is. And the really, really good fishing. So I wanted to ask you, do you remember the yes. first time that we ever spoke? <laughs> I do. So this is a, I think I told you how it all happened. So we have a team of social media people, myself and two amazing people. Young, Taylor? Young girls. Actually, no. Okay. Caitlin Harrison and um, Kat Kiffmeyer. They're amazing. They help me with the social media. And they came across your story of you running mm -hmm. for recovery. And they were like, oh, we got to post this story. It's awesome. It's local. We're going to post it all over our social media because one of them is in charge of looking for specific articles for people in recovery. Mm -hmm. as one of our, And we came across yours. And I said, man, and sometimes I just get pulled to reach out to the person who's involved in the story or whatever. And I just thought, man, this guy's so cool. And I love it. And he's in our state. I want to connect. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to you on Facebook. And I was like, we need to chat. We need to connect and yeah. talk. And from there, then we spoke on the phone. I got the message right phone. here. I was going to share it. <laughs> That's so cool. It's June 15th. You said, you're the coolest for what you're doing. Thank you for making a difference. Once your run is complete, I would love to chat. And we was in Arkansas on the side of the road. I was just telling Steve a story. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I called you. And that yep. is kind of, uh, here we are. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> I know, right? So, so cool. <laughs> but I remember my girls saying, this guy is so cool. Like, really. Well, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's always nice to hear. Yeah, for sure. Because it <laughs> takes a lot. I mean, a lot of us, you know, it's doing leaps of faith yeah. all over the place. And right. the truth is, like, how many of us can or are willing to do what you guys did, you know, to just stop kind of everything and pick up and go and 
and do what you did is a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And I get it's the same thing with you and the school, you know. I mean, like you said, a lot of times people, you know, say it jokingly, like, yeah, let's start this. But then how many people actually go through the motion of getting it started? And it's something that can, you know, bring so many breakthroughs and change so many lives. But at so many times we're just people live in fear you hit, you or hit resistance don't and you feel quit. worthy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Or totally. Oh, and there's moments of that, no doubt, of yeah. like second what, guessing. What's the biggest thing that, what's the the biggest wall that you've hit mm. so far, the, the amount of resistance? What was that in particular and how did you push through it? Oh, that's a good question. I want to say... You want to sometimes shake people who are ignorant to mm. what's going on. I want to piggyback off that, but go ahead and yeah. finish what you're saying here. So I'd say to me, it's it's almost like as you continue <laughs> to build your team, they're almost to me more of an army of, <laughs> of educating. And it's storytelling mm-hmm. after storytelling until you can't anymore, but you just keep going. But to me, it's breaking through the walls of shame and stigma and ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, because the truth is we're all being impacted in, in every way. You explained it very well when I was checking out your website yesterday when you mm-hmm. um, made the, the reference to purchasing a new car. Oh, yeah. That's and my favorite it's, way it's to like, explain it's it. De- like, that's like the, the most like um, relatable it? way that people can actually be like, oh, no, she's right. She's totally right. She said, she said you know, like, um, you never notice the Toyota Camry driving down the street until you buy one. And as soon as you buy one, everywhere you look, yes. there's a Toyota Camry. And <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing with addiction, <laughs> right? You don't, you're not aware of what's going uh-huh. on in your own backyard, yeah. in your own community, until you've been affected by it. Right, And then yes. once you've been affected by it, you, you cannot see right? it. You cannot see it. It's everywhere. Right. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. So I want to talk about, we had an article, Richie Tanner Hill and I yep. went and met with... Um, the superintendent at Cherokee Schools mm. met with the principal, and we had talked about um, making a Cherokee a recovery high school of sorts. Not exactly what you what you're doing, but sure. where they would have curriculum, uh, they would have to go through those classes before they graduated, so they have the tools. Mm. This was actually talked about before we even met you. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was back in the spring. I remember spring. when Caleb told me that you had reached out. He's like, guess who reached out? And guess what <laughs> she's doing in her community? And I was like, That's what? Yeah. So cool. that was pretty wild. But we sat down with um, Dr. Murray, who lost a son to overdose, mm. heroin overdose. And um, he was all for it. Principal was all for it. And they had a meeting about this, a school board meeting. And so you said, like, the ignorance and stuff. The people on – somebody on the school board was saying that Cherokee's never going to be a recovery high school So what? because what you're saying is um, we have a drug problem in our high school, and that just isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we have all these people overdosing and on a reservation. We have, every, you know, a lot of people um, – I mean, still, and it's the revolving door, and the, I mean, you can see it all around us. And then another thing they said was, the kids that don't do drugs, you're punishing them because you're concentrating on the ones that have the the, the junkies and the ones, you know what I mean, with the drug problems. So they're um, they're being cast out, but and. That's you know devastating I, because as an educator, you just know what these kids are missing in their lives, and everything that is recovery is for all of us because my friend says it's so well we're all recovering from something and if we're not yes. right now we will be 
So what better to prepare them with all the tools so when they face it, maybe they won't go down that path because they're prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. We're preparing them. Oh. And you know what? Okay, so <laughs> this this is going on Come a on. spiritual Come side on. because sure. we were just talking about this this weekend is, you know, um, being filled, being filled up spiritually. And it's like, you're get, you're being prepared for something that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just gonna get full and then be like, okay, just float around and I'm full with the spirit and everything's fine. Like you're being prepared mm-hmm. for something that could potentially happen in the future. And it's the same thing in as in the natural as in the spiritual. As, as and in it's, natural, so it is it's such a good point because I, I tell everybody as part of my story when I'm on a panel or anything, this is all faith led. I would not be able to do what I'm doing. <sighs> If it wasn't for God placing this on my heart <laughs> and for the Come people, on, sister. the people around you that truly do fill you up and say yeah. like, you know, I'll never. So we had one very disappointing moment where I thought this was it. We're going to be funded. So excited. Right. Well, ended up and crashed and was like, you're not almost basically said over and over again. What I struggle with the most is, am I good enough? And they pretty much threw that in every angle you could saying you're not good enough. And I go to the church where we're, we can't wait to announce where the school's going to be. We're going to announce it in the next week or so. And the church, I go, and I'm just praying. I'm like, am I supposed to be here doing what I'm doing? And a lady comes up from the board of trustees at the, at the church and comes up and just, I met her once. And in the moment, what I needed more than anything else was just to be reassured. And she came right up to me and said, I just, I was meaning to tell you at the end of that board meeting, but then, you know, you had to go. She's like, I needed to tell you you are so passionate. You are the only one that you're going to get this done. And she just said it in such a manner of, I believed her. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe yes. you. I don't believe me, <laughs> but I believe what you just said. <laughs> and then the whole sermon was centered around, you know, you always kind of feel at times like it was made for you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But <Every> truthfully, <laughs> Every time. Right. I was like, oh, th- this is for me. Thank you. Thank you. And it was just reassuring that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be, the people that are with me. And then, you, you know, it's incredible when your eyes are, it's clear, your vision is so clear and your ears are ready to hear mm-hmm. who comes into your life when you do need to be thrown signs yes. of this is a confirm Searching, this yes searching for confirmation and it's and it's unbelievable that when you simply just seek a seek and you will find right everywhere it comes up not just on time but in such a beautiful fashion whether it's somebody that throws a statement at you or a phone call or someone you've been spoken to in months or a message that you reached out to someone and they're like you're not today this happened you're not i'm like i just need to reach out and keep connecting keep connecting you don't stop and this man reached out and said I think, I don't know if this is fate or not, but I have a uh, daughter who's struggling and like, what are the chances? Like, I just am reaching out to some random people, Mm -hmm. but they're not so random. And that's the most beautiful (laughs) thing ever because I I left the most incredible job. I left the best job. Butler High School, I'm sure you saw all over the news. They had the terrible shooting um, and it hit me near and dear because I was there for six years and I would have never left that school if it wasn't for the nonprofit and the recovery high school. I'd be there till the day I can't teach anymore. And I left that job to pursue this. So I don't ever look for taps on the, you know, pat on the back, but that is what I think faith does. Faith takes everything that you want and says, 
no, God has a bigger, better plan. And at the end of the day, it's going to be even more beautiful than you ever thought it could be. But right now it's scary. And I don't know if I really should because security and and I love this job for what I do. But there's something else. There's something else around the corner if you just trust me. And so by doing that, (laughs) if more and more people were to do that, oh, my gosh, it gives me chills to think about what our communities could really be if we just said, go back to simpler times, go back to looking at each other in the face and running and playing outside and being involved with with truly not just you, but getting involved in that person's life. Stop and just listen. And I try to teach that in my health classes now because I do believe I'm, I'm in this school, even if it's for a, a quick season. I know I'm there for a reason. So I just try to pour. The, and it's kind of cool because it's health. Yeah. So one of my major units is on alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs. So I'm like, ah, oh, this is like ridiculously up my alley to <laughs> pour in the new things I've learned and into these kids. And so also incorporate and kind of see what works for. Yes. The, oh, the for the future. future. Yeah. No like, doubt. What totally What's like, a little too yeah. corny or not yeah, going to uh-huh. <laughs> get it, but yeah. One of the things, uh, like Caitlin was saying, you know, we be, need to be filled with the spirit. And then like you were saying, need to prepare the kids. Uh, you hear this, cliche of this mantra like rise to the occasion Mm -hmm. and we're sending these kids out to rise to these occasions that they've never seen they've never performed they've not prepared for and so that's that's one thing that i always um, try to relate to in my in my personal training is um you can't rise to a level you've never performed at you can't Mm -hmm. rise to a level that you've not been trained at and so that's exactly what you're doing that level emerald school of excellence um what does that what does excellence mean to you oh goodness so (laughs) Here's the cool thing. We, we messed with names for the school for a little bit. But to me, it's high standards of every point of your life. It's almost, but for you, and that's what I can't wait to teach the kids, is it's about being the best you, not being the best compared to mm-hmm. so-and-so. I'm so glad that you said that because... Uh, that's one thing that I struggle with mm-hmm. is that spirit of perfection, that spirit mm-hmm. of feeling, you know, when yep. it, for me, like some people might struggle, you know, like feeling like I have to carry myself this certain way of being excellent at all times mm-hmm. and set your bar. I mean, it's good to set your bar high, but like you just said, for you, for you, just cause yep. your bars this high, I don't <laughs> Yeah, sure. It's what we it's what we do on here, uh, baby. So I got in my head this morning with this last night. We were like, I, we discussed how today was going to play out. Mm-hmm. We went to the gym and was going to lift because we're both injured. <laughs> but uh, I got in my head this morning because I started this CrossFit, but or done one day of it, and I had, didn't do the intro classes, but. Right I hold myself to a standard that if you don't, you don't let, perform at, you get really... I get in my head about sure. it. And to the point where I get emotional and I let my feelings surface to the top. And then I did. I got in my head about it because I couldn't do this certain thing right. And then I kind of, you know, I, I think I guess I beat myself up about it more than... I was like putting perceptions in my own head, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it, that's something that I have struggled with a lot. And, you know, in my past is just, you know, like when I hear excellence, 
in my mind, I relate that to perfection. Mm. But who's mm. per- perfect? Oh, that's, you know? that's good. Like, who is perfect? And that's for good. as coming up as a, because see, in my past, I gra- like I graduated as valedictorian. I always held myself to the standards like you have to excel, you have to make these good grades. If you don't, you're going to disappoint not only yourself, but your family, your teachers, mm. all those around you. Mm. So, but, you know, so like I might be a little like flustered if I went to this school of excellence just by the name. But then, you know, but for you to say, where you what stand, does like? what yep. does that mean for you? Just yep. because your excellence or your excellence or your excellence, you know, it might look different uh, than totally. yours. Right. And I think that's where um, I'm hoping that my my story comes through is because I, str- I struggled with it, an eating disorder of being anorexic. Yeah, right. And so perfection, I completely get you, um, was my biggest thing. So I'm hope hopeful and hoping that these kids get it right off the bat when they come in to orientation, to learn about the school, is that we we are perfect, really, in God's eyes, right. just the way we are. Exactly. And if we can understand what that looks like, because some kids are going to hear that and be like, what is she talking about? <laughs> but if we can see a bunch of people embracing what that means, mm-hmm. I think they'll be able to see what exactly we mean, that that pressure, the unnecessary pressure we put on ourselves yes. is not is not needed. It's right. almost like... Just, just breathe. You right, know? And, and when you come, oh, sorry, I'm no, gonna interrupt good, you, but good. you know, you, like when you come to those, um, those settings, and you have that love just pouring out from you, and that mm. compassion, and that connection, you know, like you said, just listening, just mm-hmm. listening, like not trying to put your your stuff off on them, but listening to what that that well, child's going through, or sure. what how they feel, you know, like what what is them. What it, what am I? Who am I? What am I? You know, like what what is my my level? You know, and well, what me, what can take me to that next level? What's happening like right now is what the recovery school would be everywhere. So I already just hearing you talk, I feel comforted because there's other people that feel just like I feel that you're gonna beat yourself down up right. when you're not perfect. That isn't everybody looking at me to be perfect all the time. Well, no, <laughs> but that's what we think. Yeah. And also for the kids to understand, you're, they're all going through the exact same things yes, yes, and yes. feeling the exact same way. So just to be able to tr- journey through that tough time together, right. as opposed to how so many of us are in our own head thinking we're by ourselves doing all that. It's, that's just alone. I would want to wake up and do that every day, just sit and share life with someone else who truly gets what my life is like. Right. You know? I also think it's going to be like... It, goes a lot towards like the the um yourself and the staff mm-hmm. members and the authenticity of the message that you're delivering and the the contact that you have with the children like it's very receptive they know that you're like you're in it for the right reason right. you're coming to them at a level that they can relate to and you're not this like rigid and strict and stern like, right. person <laughs> that's like you know I demand excellence. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 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 No, like I hold myself to the same standards that I'm asking you that mm-hmm. I'm expecting of you. That's right. Um, and they can they can relate to that. Oh, um, absolutely. Like for example, how old's your daughter? Six. She's six years old and she's just hanging out over here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like how many six year olds would just be like totally like chilling, like doing their thing <laughs> over there? Like, well, she's like a little old lady in a six year old body. Is she? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's running that household? Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, let's get into, like, the process of, like, the funding. 
Sure. And like kind of like the mm. um, the uh, nope. fundraising and events and things. So you guys sure. did a lot. So we've been doing a lot, but I'll be honest, a lot of it's been centered around educating. Mm-hmm. And I really firmly believe you can't start asking people to support you financially until they know what on earth you're talking about. And so my first gut was teach everyone you can what recovery high schools are. And then after you do that, through Generation Found, through panels, through community-wide events, because what was originally supposed to be a fundraiser or community event um, in September, I ended up turning around to everybody and saying, can we just make this a community event? Because really the problem is so many families in crisis don't know what exists. Let's provide a an event where a family could show up and get a plethora of information mm-hmm. for adolescents and not just recovery support, but the after, because so many families are left like, well, what now? And that's what the recovery high school excites me is that it's that piece that the what now. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through treatment and gone through recovery, but now you can throw me back in the same setting. And it's like that, that can go directly towards like all those individuals that end up going to treatment three, four, five, six right. times mm-hmm. because they don't have that what now. Right. They don't have that that fellowship, after. that place to go, that aftercare, yeah. that tribe that they, you know. Totally. Local, and the local cool resident. thing about that, if we look around in all of our communities, there's some great outlets that are just underutilized resources. Mm-hmm. Right. So if families get exposed to that earlier and just know they exist, those things will wrap back in their minds like, oh, my child just got out of treatment. They're they're doing well, but I need to su- supply, support, yes. and change where they were putting all their energy towards to something really good but if the parent doesn't know the kid doesn't know and that's what the school's also going to do what kind of turnout did you get for your oh so it was really awesome it was awesome in terms of so i look for you have to look for small wins sometimes in this world in this journey and i didn't know this but getting treatment recovery and prevention people apparently in the same room that's a win I, on my yes. level, I'm like, that's not that's not good enough. But but cool if that's a win because we're so far behind of what we need to do. That's a win in many people's eyes. So we had so many resources. I'm talking maybe 50 resources that were that were a wide variety for families. What we lacked was families with kids showing up. Oh my gosh, that's I I mean almost every recovery event I've ever been to across the state and across the country. That's what you lack. Mm -hmm. You get the same folks that are your go, you know, the go-tos. They work hard. They'll show up for you. But they already know what you're trying to teach. They already are there. Advocates show up. They're there. Oh, the advocates show up all the time. But now we need the families and the families are afraid. The the families are that stigma that don't show up with a police car in front of my home because then everyone in my neighborhood's going to know we have issues instead of, no, we're trying to be proactive with what's going on because we all have issues. So, so where do you start with that? How do you get them? So here's what I continue to do. It's, it's so much prayer of direction. Where do we go now? Do we ask for a crazy amount of money from these people, these people, these people? Do we educate these people, these people? Where do we go? And I swear it's simply based on the people we meet in the time that we meet them. So focused, I'm comfortable and flexible with changing focus as I think it's appropriate for moving forward based on not my plan, but God's plan. So with that being said, we've looked to certain people and certain folks for funding. Well, when those doors or you got certain vibes of this is not going to turn out to what it needs to be, I need to backtrack and go in a different direction. We're now looking strictly, truly for 
private donors mm -hmm. that have been impacted, pri organizations that are willing to come behind it that are not with these strings attached of here's how we think you should do it, but mm -hmm. we believe in you and your team because you got it going on and get recovery for kids. Here's the funding. Show us what you can do in two or three years. Have faith in us, truly, because what great thing ever got started in the first place without someone with the means taking a leap of faith with you, right. truly. And so it's finding those folks, and I'm willing to take the time to find those folks mm -hmm. because we've found it. Grants will come. They will come. But we have to show proof of success and growth. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to get <laughs> open already. So wild. And so the Recovery High School director of Archway she convinced me when I left there. So we went to go and visit in March. That was the best experience ever. To see a recovery high school, to talk about it on paper is one thing. When you go and see these kids, helping kids. So imagine a kid who was like a year and a half sober, helping a kid who was like a week sober, going through a tough day. I literally watched a girl say, come out with me in the hallway, let's reset the day. This worked for me when I was going through the exact same thing you were going through. Let's go out in the hall. I... I was blown away, blown away, and but not surprised because I've seen what kids can do if we give them the tools and the leadership mm. roles. So when we came back, we literally said, we're not waiting for the perfect scenario. We're not waiting for the gazillion dollars to build a beautiful place that I do believe these kids deserve. We need to just get open. Yeah. And so as we were diligent, we were true, an amazing screening of Generation Found opened up a door to this incredible church. And the second floor of this church is perfect. It's like a T. And one hallway we'll start with, but it has room for growth. It's six to eight classrooms. It's literally, it couldn't be a better fit. And it was the first place we came across. And I'm like, the, I'm the, my husband will tell you, I'm the worst at looking and um, price shopping. Yeah. If I like something, it's I yours. want it, that's it. I'm going to get it. And don't don't stop me. And so that's what happened with this space. So funding has been a beautiful thing because we've been able to get a lot of private dollars and people who believe in it. They're throwing a couple hundred, at most a couple thousand at it to keep us thriving as a nonprofit. We know that's not going to open the doors, though. Mm -hmm. We need somebody who has the means that wants to give back to the community and wants to take a leap of faith with us. And I do believe in our state there are many people that are willing to do that. They just may not have heard about us yet. Sure. And so to me, it's finding every opportunity to share, to talk, to educate about recovery high schools because they are truly going to change our communities. Kids are going to change our communities if we let them. And so we just need to provide as adults the resources to make that happen. And there's definitely a demand for this in the Charlotte oh. area. Well, let and me there's tell money there. Oh, absolutely. The private money. There's definitely private money, but I've actually sat down with the DEA and said this whole pitch of what we're doing. He's mm -hmm. like, this is fabulous. I think it's great. But what scares me is you say you're going to max out about 100, 125 kids. He's like, right now, I think I could fill your school 10 times. Mm -hmm. And that's from one perspective. Yeah. That's not from the adolescent treatment world. That's not from the. It's not from DCF. That's no, not from it's from pretty much the courts. Mm -hmm. And I said, holy cow. I said, I don't doubt it. I said, but guess what? Here's the good news. We don't hope to just open one. We hope to create a, we're just a catalyst for change that we can create mm -hmm. um, a spark in other communities to say, here's how we did it. Don't follow it exactly. Do what you need to do for your community, but here's the steps so you don't yeah. have to go Recreate through Recreate it. Yeah. yeah just to help it you out. on yourself. And your doors aren't even open yet. Right. And you're already doing <laughs> that. Was it Wake Monarch? 
Yes. She saw she saw what you're doing, mm-hmm. and she's like, "We're gonna, I'm gonna do that here." Yep. And she's kind of like, "You guys are working together yep. a little bit on absolutely." Some so it's like it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. She saw a, a a video of I believe Taylor, my my the girl, she's blonde hair, beautiful girl in recovery. She saw her story, reached out to her, and said, "What are you guys doing with Recovery High School? It's amazing." She shared her story about her son, and she's like, "I want to get this going." And so yeah, it's already happening, which is the goal that a lot of people are. A lot of people in this world, I'm sure you guys could attest to this too, are so protective of their whatever it is of like, I don't want to share too much because I'm afraid people will steal my idea or steal this or I don't want to collaborate because I'm competing. It's like, do you understand how huge this is that there's no level of amount of resources that can be out there for us to really, truly serve everybody we need to. So stop. Stop competing. Stop being so um, afraid of speaking truth and sharing what works to help someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, don't hold it in. It's a great gift. Share it with everybody. That happens so often. Oh, it's everywhere. Specifically in this field. It just happens so often. It's it's hard. That's the other thing. I'm trying to shake people. Like, quit, quit it. Quit it. Be there for each other and let's bring this resource to life and then some. So you're so, yeah. you're planning to open in fall of twenty nineteen. Correct. Which is like eight, ten months away. Yeah, it's it's closer than you think. And eight, these months, months are away. flying. So we're gonna do this big fundraiser in February, mm-hmm. the most legit we've done so far. Where we're trying to gather the right folks in our community to come to the table to hear about it and to pour what they can into this so we can open. Um, We know that that event won't be the only reason we open or don't open in 19. Um, But my faith is that continuing to share this will, this will happen. And, and the other thing I tell people is like, are you going to feel like disappointed or like, like it's failed if you don't open in 19? I'm like, well, heck no. If it has to wait a year to grow and be even better than it would have been in 19, then so be it. Um, I literally tell my friends all the time, we're going to, get this thing open or die trying. So it is what it is. If I have to wait another year, I wait another year. But the goal is to get it open because we know of families that need us yesterday. So you've been like working mm-hmm. through this funding and planning phase of the project. Sure. Have you like looked at like um, how much have you looked at things like curriculum and um, recovery staff. support staff. Oh, so I, I love talking to about get this. into the program. Like how much of oh. that? Sure. So I'll I'll touch on all that. So we've over the time of building my team, we how many people's on your team? Oh, it's so cool. So it's a solid 70, 75. Yeah. But but the cool thing is, you know how people's schedules are. So we typically once a month when we meet. We have a solid 40 to 50 people out of those 70, 75. And sometimes it varies a little bit, but you have your consistent ones that show up every single time. How many is on your board? So my board is 10. The board of directors is 10. But our committee is huge, and it needs Mm -hmm. to be because we've split up over time into three solid committees. So we have one that tackles admissions and curriculum, one that tackles fundraising and marketing, and one that tackles the continuum of care. And those each have people run these things, and... They really, truly create agendas and specific um, assignments to take place between each meeting because I'm all about we can't just show up and be what I'm anti-meeting and not doing anything about it. So um, that that addresses those. And then I'm so excited because um, the admissions and curriculum team, they've dove into Archway's um, information, Archway Academy, and all the recovery high schools. Where's that one at? That's in Houston, Texas. Okay. And they're incredible. They'll share everything just to help you 
basically what we hope to then do to mm-hmm. other folks and help them through the process. Um, but my brain, can you help me? What, what were the other things you mentioned? Staff and curriculum. Oh. curriculum screening to get into the so school. So true. Okay, so we have this incredible guy on our board named Steve Winkleman. And him with some other folks who just get kids in recovery, because that's a special tool, gift that you have. Not everybody gets kids but says they gets kid. They get kids. And so he has really helped us to better understand what that process looks like. Kids have to want recovery to be in a recovery high school for it to actually work. Granted, you're not always going to see that. You have to almost look deep into the potential of, mm. of like, they they truly, even if there's a glimmer or spark that they want recovery, you got to hold on to it and pull it out mm-hmm. and see what you can. And some kids, it's going to be for us a leap of faith. Like, I don't know, but I think this kid is going to get it and, yes. and dive into it. Sometimes we might go for that and then be like, there's process for everything. There's a contract. If you break certain rules or you do different things, you're going to be on a contract, but we're not about kicking kids out the minute they reuse because that's part of recovery for some people. And for the recovery high school, you just can't – we wouldn't be doing our job if a kid reuses and they're open and honest about it and, and they don't get caught doing it. There's two different ways we look at it and most recovery high schools look at it. You either get caught or you're open and honest and you're sharing what happened. I really – you know, this happened and I really want to still stay here. I really want to work my program. Um, you know, it just, it, mm-hmm. it happened. If you're willing to meet the kids and where they are, that's such a different environment you've created for them of openness and honesty and trust and all that stuff. So the screening process is critical though, because if you just let any student that's just struggling come in, the recovery high school is not going to work either. Right. So you have to have certain balance of standards with love, care, and compassion um, kind of meshed in with a special individual or a few that can read people well, that can listen to their gut, have a deep conversation, and get so much from that student. And the families, too. Um, That support network is huge, and it's part of our school, is so that the families are then supported also on the weekends and afterwards and counseling and stuff like that. Um, Staffing, I'm such a firm believer that you can't just put out for a recovery high school um, job description, apply. You just can't, especially (laughs) in my first few years. So what we've tried to do really hard is find people who are seriously interested. And we've created these informal gatherings, but they've been work sessions, but fun. You just sit around and have coffee, lunch, dinner, whatever. And there's like maybe two tasks. And it's been the fun stuff, like creating the school calendar, or creating the bell schedule and what the classes would look like. How long would the classes be? Who would be in charge of what? And that's been with about five people, five or six people. And we've developed a relationship. And that's what I feel is what a staff needs to look like for Recovery High School is people that get each other. And almost like how some people will say everybody's different with their beliefs about pre-marriage and living together and stuff. But I know that my husband and I lived together in an apartment for a year before we got married. And it was a game changer for just dynamics of hashing out things that you don't want to hash out in your first three months of marriage, but people do all the time. But I I look at it with that concept for creating an environment with staff that we're tight and we get each other and we know what ticks and we know what not to say or how to say it just so that we're not in an environment that is already going to be high stress and emotion filled to create us in a strong environment walking into it and so learn uh 
learn those team building skills like oh, on gosh. the go in front of the kids. Totally. Are you are you listening? I mean, like, are you listening? Oh, like, take it, take I'm, it, soaking, it, I'm soaking it all in. Because we're getting ready to open up our recovery house. And so I'm just, I'm really. Wow, that's so <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's all, iron sharp, sharpens iron. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's all really for the same thing. I'm just kind of taking away, like, it just seems uh, so unreal that this is happening Mm -hmm. you know and it's not only just happening around the country but in north carolina and and i'm just i've got so much going on in my head right now (laughs) because it is it's like i want that here Mm. we need that here Mm -hmm. i don't just want it here we need that here because when we've got see we've been trying to the youth, mm. it's uh, the youth is always like we want to work with the youth, and it's like we keep getting pushed back. But then it's like when we have youth that's reaching out to us, saying, you know, pray for me. I'm going through a hard time. My mom is in jail. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about going to bond her out. And you know, this I 16, 17 year old kids, that's what they're going through. But our community is just blind. The, the to leadership, it. you know, is just like. But then to hear you talk is so inspiring because it's like it's possible. Yes, we have to. And what I see is we're we're getting pushed out of the schools. Mm -hmm. I'm getting pushed out of school because I've got two felony convictions. Right. They don't want me. And and there's certain parents saying, I don't want you around my kids. I don't want you praying with my kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so we've been talking about doing something outside of the schools mm-hmm. and inviting the kids to come to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a girl message me last night, a 16 year old girl um, who said that she had tried to commit suicide um, a couple months ago because she sees her mom. She, her mom's got her best friend on drugs who's in high school. And so wow. this kind of stuff happens all the time, but mm-hmm. yet we have leadership. At, it's so true. And I'll tell you the other thing that you can tackle or consider is the alternative peer group. So, Houston has it going on. Texas has it going on. Some even like Massachusetts and California. So you have these alternative peer groups. And that's kind of what it sounds like you guys would would love to be a part of because it's youth driven. It is basically like your AANA, but it's for kids. And that just has to be tailored differently than going to a traditional AA or NA meeting because a kid who's 15 and a guy who's 40, 50 (sighs) – they're just, they'll get each other to a degree, but then it stops. Oh but if a kid gosh. who's 15 and 15 shows up to a recovery meeting, but the cool thing about APG, which is why I dive into this recovery high school thing and the APG thing, it's not just about getting recovery meetings. It's taking that wonderful work and tools into action. So your APGs could be meet Wednesday nights, but Saturdays and Sundays we're out in the community giving back, involved with community service projects. So we do. It's all over Texas, and if you guys are already involved in that, that would be such a cool way to get outside of what is saying can't, because I'll tell you what, before time we're done with this work, I believe the schools, the communities that are giving us the pushback are going to be... Hello, and that, um, mm-hmm. you're amazing. This works, <laughs> and yes, that and that I've happens. Said that a lot. Well, you guys are already doing exactly what the she's community saying. service, yeah. especially that structure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, have right. y'all seen that movie? Generation I haven't. Film. He has. Y'all no, showed, it. showed it up there. I didn't get to watch it. Um, one of my buddies who goes to school at Western now in the social work program, he worked at one of those in Houston, where wow. he's originally from. We did the movie show in. Um, 
We should Western. do it on a reservation. We did the movie show at the at Western last year, and he was like, "Yeah, I worked with that kid. I worked with that kid." Like, wow! We really, like it was just an That's awesome powerful. experience to like see the James Skelton. He was on the podcast okay. a while back. Um, That's really yeah. You guys are already doing the work. Yeah, we well, have Generation it. Found on our reservation. And you guys started at what, ACC or something like that. I haven't got to watch it, but I've mm. heard that it's and you amazing. Can I've not on. got to sit down and actually because I've always been involved in, mm-hmm. you know, speaking to the kids and stuff, so I haven't actually got to sit down. And, and the girls at Smoky Mountain are already kind of oh, yeah. ask, asking for this. Uh, Monica and Chloe. Oh, yeah. Monica wow. And Chloe. The They're amazing like, oh, Monica yes, and we should Chloe. do that. Love we're you guys. Sponsoring, we're sponsoring their um, event again. They had... Um, Ooh, that Smoky is Mountain High School Showing Mental Health Awareness Project. Two, had a week. Wow. Two young ladies in the high school are yep. like doing all of this mental health and substance bu- substance abuse awareness. Yes. Like wow, bringing it on and raising funds yes. on their own for NAMI and like it's it, they're doing. We yeah, need to do Generation Found. That would be a great showing way. up there. Mm-hmm. And they talk about in the film APGs. Yeah. So exactly what you're. They'd write that down. I mean, I'm serious. Like I'll forget about yeah, that. Just watch the movie and you'll it's, it'll be very clear. It's all over. Um, mm-hmm. Their vision is very similar to what you guys are doing. To provide a quality education to students through faith, mm. fitness, and fellowship. Does that sound familiar, Caleb <laughs> and Caitlin? <laughs> Never heard of <laughs> it. <laughs> Never faith, heard of it. Faith, fitness, and fellowship. And I like what you what the just the beginning is it's to provide a quality education. Mm. That's first, right? Because that's mm. like I mean it Knowledge is, is power. Knowledge is power. Just like it's to you know, to, to provide for these kids what they couldn't do in regular traditional schools. Absolutely. What what's the, How does the fitness and faith? You know? Oh, well, it's what, you know, I love sitting and talking with people that, like, get it. Because when you see and feel what exercise can do for you, when I see that and know what it does as a young, as an adult, and then to see kids who are very involved in sports but may or may not have the leadership that's teaching them those intricate um, teamwork, um, the, all, of, all of the amazing things that sports and team sports truly do create for you out on a field, a court, whatever. They may or may not have a coach that really gets it, but the fact is when just being involved in it, you have to learn how to communicate well and if you want to be successful. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to be selfless. If you want to be successful and all of those skills to me are so important to involve the kids at the school in, whether it's intramurals um, is one thing we think about. The other thing for me is I've done a lot of research and study. I had about two or three years. Where I was really passionate about what exercise actually does to your brain. Dude, it is the most powerful, the coolest things ever. So if I could teach kids because kids and most of us even don't even truly know how incredible our bodies are and how they work and operate. So not only is it important for them to, I think, know what addiction does to their brain so that they understand what's happening, but also to say, well, what if we have a free tool that all of us have access to anytime we want, (laughs) 24 seven? And that's outside. Yeah. Like, you can just go run. Exercise. Like, you can go do push-ups. There's so much stuff you can... I want to teach these kids that they can do, even if they don't have the money for a gym membership, mm-hmm. all the things, you know, that's realistic that a lot of us can't afford or have time. What if we taught them a 20, 30-minute activity they can do on their own in a s- small 5 by 5 space or outside at a park? So that's where the fitness is. I want to teach them what it does to the brain, how it prepares them really for optimal everything, optimal learning, optimal relationship building, life and um, self, 
self-esteem and just confidence in general. That's really, to me, what exercise does. And to think down the road, what if you move to another state and you don't know anybody, but now you are in decent shape and you have enough confidence that I can go and go to a pickup game or I can go to the park and meet someone and and join a group Mm -hmm. and join a team and just go for it because we're all just kind of going for it as an adult that thinks we're still like 17 years old but we're not (laughs) anymore and we go out and jump in and play almost learn teaching them (laughs) to jump out and play um is gonna I think say I can I believe that it can save their life so that's Uh the fitness part fellowship is just the peer-to-peer support getting each other because they're going through the same exact thing and that's all day every day so recovery high schools, it's cool because it's education, but it's recovery support throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But the minute they walk in, there's like an hour of, I just want to like pour into each other. Just pour into me. Fill us up. They call these things in Houston Philip Fridays. Well, they'll actually go oh, wow. b- before the weekend. They'll go and they'll do community service stuff. They'll do random acts of kindness out in the community. And that fills them up for the weekend because we know that's probably the toughest time for them to come back Monday and share all those good stories. <laughs> they don't, have, that, that they don't have it over the yeah. weekend, right? Um, are you, in the <laughs> curriculum? Mm-hmm. Are you teaching them those types of skills to be a peer? So here's the cool thing. What we I think could all agree here too is that what we lack in public school is not only trades and different skills and tools that. Let's redefine what success looks like, please. It's not if you don't go to a high-level college university, you're not good enough. It's You might go straight from, I'm sorry, but I'm a teacher and I don't get paid a lot. But if a kid who, and I have a degree, what if a kid goes straight from high school and wants to go start their own business or wants to go and work with cars or whatever that doesn't require a higher level? degree. Yeah. And you can actually, you make more money than me. And not that everything's about money. I'm the opposite believer of that. But that could be a different level of success for a kid to think, I can't do that because of why? Like people telling me I can't do that and be successful. So it's that for curriculum, but it's also teaching them life skills. How many kids, this is sad, but we're not teaching script anymore. So many kids, granted, you don't use um, that anymore to like we used to. But a lot of kids don't even know how to do their, their signature because they don't know the letters of, you know, of cursive. So teaching them those skills, teach them how to balance a checkbook, teaching them financial planning, teaching them truly um, the engagement of the communication that we're lacking because of our devices all the time. So every other day in the middle of the day, we have something called Simply Life Skills class. I love it. So it'll be a fitness <laughs> regimen, life skills, community service, peer-to-peer support, to me, I just want to go. Like, forget running the school. I, I want to attend. You're signing up. Can I? Yeah. Where's no, the time? I know. I want to go. go to, maybe, maybe to Charlotte, baby. <laughs> you're, you're totally on to something with that. Uh, I work at, like, just a little retail kind of part-time job uh, while I'm in school. And um, at the end of the night, we have these little, like, checklists, you know, where you have to, like, sign off that the floor was swept or the bathrooms were clean and whatever things were straightened up and like we hire all these college kids to 18 19 20 years old and like the first like week they're like i don't know how to just like make my initials on this little sign-off sheet they're like what do i write how do i do that simple things like that i want to ask you this yeah i'm fascinated with this tech stuff this tech boom i'm tech i'm mm-hmm. fascinated with how because there's so much negativity out there mm-hmm. because there's so many bad habits that can be learned and picked up and like 
keyboard tough guys and things like that. I'm fascinated with learning, discovering, figuring out how we can use this type of information to our benefit, right? How we can integrate that into the world of recovery and wellness and growth and all of those things. Have you thought about any of that kind of stuff? Like yes, more so now than ever wh while I'm teaching middle school kids because I really believe that as a society, we've been thrown incredible gifts that we don't know how to use. That's right. That's so right. I feel like we've been thrown, here's an iPhone, here's a really awesome laptop, here's this incredible iCloud and all this stuff. But what do you do with it? So if you're thrown a cool tool with no guidance, you're going to abuse it. And that's what I think we've done. So exactly to what you said, what I would love, and we have some cool resources, and I think they'll come to even more when we open, like really awesome music um, distrib uh, companies yeah. and recording studios. But like how stinking cool to have kids explore what is there but being taught how to use it mm -hmm. as opposed to imagine you just went just, in, closed the door and said, eh, figure it out on your own. Oh, mm -hmm. they'll figure it out, but they'll use it for crazy stuff that's not as much useful as it is <laughs> just to touch Destroy stuff. Them, right. yeah. yeah. So to me, that would be the most amazing thing to create a, almost another small team of tech-specific gurus who, who not just trust the process, but they really truly want to see our next generation not abuse it. Mm -hmm. So people like yourself, like this is the coolest thing ever. And it's a growing art now with podcasts. Mm -hmm. So what if we really taught kids how to do a quality podcast to educate right. with the young people? Are you offering me a job? <laughs> hey, that's, that's <laughs> how cool would that be though? Um, like for real. Yeah, And it's changing so fast. Like it that, is. You're just scratching the surface with that, with sure. things like augmented reality oh, yeah. and VR and AI <clears throat> and so many things that like that there's going to be a time where like the stuff takes over right like mm -hmm. to the point where like people are going to lo lose significant numbers of jobs well you see it already it's, it's happening people Thank don't have to shop at the grocery store yeah. anymore no you don't like that blows my mind and so how can and so like people are going to be looking for jobs and how can we take this thing like like that's why I started this podcast was because like I was fascinated with it, but how can we take these things and make it use them to make an impact? How can I build a online recovery community that listens to our podcast and engages with each other? So many episodes in our Facebook Live, like we're doing a podcast, and down below in the comments, in the live comments, people are like supporting each other and talking about things that like we're not even talking about or we were talking about mm -hmm. 20 minutes ago mm -hmm. and they're still talking about you know mm -hmm. this certain treatment center that we're trying to get whoever into and, and then like, they friend each other and, and they carry yeah, on these it's conversations like it's creating this yeah. you're becoming a, just a connector of yeah. people right. yeah. that's mm -hmm. exactly what's happening mm -hmm. and um it's just, it's just uh, and positively, you know, like you sure. said, you give them these devices and everything because we have, what, 7 billion people in the world and probably mm -hmm. like five, over 5 billion are actually on some kind of form of social media. But yet we have the most anxiety, most depression, yep. most all, you know, yep. because they're not using them in a positive manner. True. So true. Um, I'm telling you what, I'm ready to go bless some people now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> For um, real. It talked about both in the movie and on your website mm -hmm. about regular drug screenings. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'd like to talk a little bit about that and like what sure. the process is for what you envision the process being. Sure. Um, because I do understand the importance of that, mm-hmm. not just in a high school role, but like across the board, specifically when it comes to like sustaining long term recovery. Sure. So um, going back a little bit to what you said, where, you know, we hold ourselves as educators or professionals at the school to the same standards as the kids. So as on paper, random and frequent drug screenings would be for the kids, would also be for the staff. Okay. So that we explain, like, we're going through the same process as you because we want to make sure we're in the best position to serve you. And so I've, I've really talked to the highest quality um, directors of these recovery high schools around the country to ask these very same questions. Like, what do you guys do? What do you find to be successful? And we've bounced around with this because there is one recovery high school that doesn't do any. And for years, they're the longest standing one in Minneapolis called Pease Academy. And they, unless they've changed things, but I'm last time I, yeah, last time, checking. no, last time I spoke to them, but um, they said the environment that they've created, it's not that it's a snitching environment, but kids are there truly that, you know, this person has gone through a tough time or this weekend wasn't, and they were able to u- not use drug screenings. So you're saying that the kids would tend to come forward themselves? They would come forward themselves or they'd have a community of support that would go to an administrator or somebody and say, I know what happened with so-and-so and I think you should have a conversation. So they're always supporting each other, but most of the other recovery high schools do offer some type of drug screening. So the way we envision it, if we were to have it at our schools, what we're look, leaning for, forward with is that it would be based on um, – how often or frequent it would be would be based on time in sobriety. Mm-hmm. So obviously as you're um, – it, it would be like anything else. I, I almost hate to say this because I've been through a treatment program where I sometimes hate the process of earned and, and getting rid of things. But, yeah. but it really truly matters and makes a difference in the long term when you look at big picture, mm-hmm. when you do graduate and leave, um, that you do need to earn things. You can't just be handed something because you're present you need to work, and it needs to be... Um, no participation medals. Yeah, we're not. It's true. <laughs> and being a PE teacher and a sports person, that me and my husband joke all the time about that. What, what, what's the joke? No, we literally <laughs> will say, like, it's absolutely absurd that if these kids show up and they get trophies when they are in 11th place. I'm she, sorry. She first, says that with her five-year-old in the room. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first place is where you're striving for. No, but... <laughs> but... We see that, you know, it is important because we do want the environment to be safe. We want the environment to be of thriving and recovery. So we know that if kids are not sober, we need to be aware of what's going on with the kids. And how do you handle a positive drug screen? How do we handle it? How do you respond? So it's a great question. What we had talked about earlier about the being caught versus open and honest it really will depend. This is what's cool, what I like about it. It's all individualized. So if the kid comes up to us before their positive test and is up front and says, look, this is probably going to show up, um, be like, look, you need to tell us and we need to feel out where you are right now. Where are you at? Are you wanting to stay here? Are you feeling you, you can't control like what's going on? Maybe you need to consider going back to treatment. You know, let's gather your resources because that's the other thing about a school that always should have been. 
is that it's a community of resources that connects to that one individual child's community and resources. Right. So whether it's their therapist, their parent, their, and find out what's going on before you really start making major decisions. Mm-hmm. Once you have all that information, some kids will be on a contract and look say, look, if this, this is a behavior contract slash they could even be maybe on, it's like academic slash um, recovery a recovery contract and saying if this doesn't take place by this time or if you break this contract we have another conversation and that's still for some kids still breaking that one contract might not be enough for them to be out it might have to be extreme for some kids to be removed from the school entirely so that's what's going to be hard for me to like spell out on paper because it may really be very different for every kid but we want to make sure the forefront is we, we want to have the best interest of these kids and the families and overall sobriety and recovery for the kids in the school. So if there's any type of concern for not keeping the other kids safe, that may come into play, um, the support at home, or the reality of maybe needing to go back for more deeper care um, is an option. And if they go back to treatment, absolutely can come right back to the school. Who's... Who's making the decision? You have a team of advisors. So that's where that the recovery. Yeah. So we have the educators. And the biggest thing we learned is in the beginning, if you can, is have the educators stay in their lane. They teach. They can definitely talk to the kids and be there for the kids, but they're not talking about recovery stuff. They're there to teach um, academics. But then the recovery support, that's where our recovery support comes in. They're meeting with these kids regularly. They're involved in their recovery support daily activities. So they're also going to be so engaged with these kids and their radars and the mood changes and just such a read on them that we'll almost know, hopefully, before anything actually does occur because of the relationship building that's taken place. You, you had a question a minute ago? No, I didn't. Okay. My bad. You, uh, well, I did, but it's we're past it. Come on. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that when she was talking about the earning, the earning, um, mm-hmm. it just takes away that sense of entitlement. You know, sometimes you can come right. when you step into a, pl- a place of uh, bettering yourself. Sometimes, you know, we... People let that go to their head. Like I, I'm entitled to this. I should be able to. And tell her why we we have such a, tr- a problem with that in our community. The entitlement. Okay. Money, yeah, uh, because a lot does get handed to us. And our tribe, free health care. You mm-hmm. know, they pay for schooling. No matter where you want to go in, in the country, if you earn, if you earn uh, the scholarship, scholarship, they pay your tuition, right? Yeah, they pay even if you wow. don't get that that scholarship. All oh, right, yeah, and we get six like we're getting what over six thousand. All right, at six thousand dollars. Um, so we get twelve thousand dollars every uh, twice a year, just given to us by the casino. Wow. So yeah, eighteen so. year old kids are getting over a hundred thousand dollars. Right, well, now it's not that yeah. now. It's uh, they oh. get increments twenty five thousand oh, dollars increments yeah. or something. Wow. So it's now incredible. the the kids are coming out and they're like, they don't have to earn everything that. Sure. Handed and to them. Wow. That's a game changer because, you know, when you face real life stuff, it doesn't work out that way. Absolutely. So, and again, then, not preparing them. You know, you you have these, you go through these struggles or you have these times where you, you know, life hits, smacks you in the face and then you have to go to treatment or you have to do that. And then it's like 
the treatment centers or the recovery high schools or these different places are trying to instill that back into your head that you have you know you gotta go through life earning things you know? stuff. it's not just you're trying to, to go you. back right that's hard work well the right. thing so i talked to the chief about this sorry did i cut you off Mm-mm. i talked to the chief about this and he was saying you think about the native american people um but way before perk happened you know all that started you know coming into play um we got we was fed by the government like our ancestors was would go to the to the white man would go to the government and have to get um did i just no, so, well good. that's what he said that's what he said that's, that's how it was they had to go to the government and get their food they had to go to the government and get their groceries and whatnot and so hundreds of years of unlearning these behaviors and this entitlement of thinking like and he said whenever you get um you have a plumbing issue in your house what do you do what do we do on the reservation we call water department Anybody else has to call fix, a plumber, has right. to hire a plumber. Well, or we just call. Fix it yourself. Yeah, we, yeah, or fix it yourself. <laughs> we just call the people in the tribe and they come and fix it. Wow. So I mean, it's it's we're really um, up against. Uh, You're yeah. fighting a oof, an uphill battle. <laughs> yeah, Dang. for sure. So our heads, but not a, but not <laughs> an impossible. That's right. Not impossible. That's right. That's right. That's right. How much have work have you put into? Um, and what type of relationships have you already built and are you working on building to what happens next to these students after they graduate your high school mm-hmm. and they want to go off to college? Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, what types of relationships do you have with collegiate recovery communities? Mm-hmm. And like, what do you envision that transition looking like? Oh, so that's great. So part of the team building process that I've had of making my team is that now I've connected so two of my team people are from UNCC, the Collegiate Recovery and CPCC, and I've connected with um, Jermichael Harris, I believe. You know he was on the podcast. Yes, Friday, I just right? recently was like, oh yeah. wow, you guys had him on from ECU. So it's pretty cool to see that over over time, going to conferences and getting the word out that really truly the collegiate recovery programs have been incredibly supportive and on our committees we have the local ones in charlotte awesome. uncc yeah. and cpc there um but every year we're also well every other year we're going to the ars and the arhe conferences the national mm-hmm. ones so that we continue to develop those relationships all around the southeast so that we can um create that bond of kids saying truly if you really want to go to a college or university, great, but really you need to go to one that has a collegiate recovery program. Right. Don't just think that this is like I've done a great job through high school and I can do the rest on my own. So that's very important to us. But also what I'm trying to work on right now, I know there's some really cool employers that are very open to working with people no matter where they've been. So their Mm -hmm. past doesn't dictate who they are in that moment. And I've heard weird um, things I would have not thought, but like I've heard Auto Bell, I've had that thrown out at me, that they work with a a wide variety of just anyone who's had maybe any type of background in in, or in recovery. Um, The state in general has mm -hmm. really change policy over the last few years to like open that door for Mm -hmm. folks and that's what it's gonna take especially in comparison to other states um but what i found is that like it it really depends on like the corporation because like the little 
company that I work for, again, just like part-time college job, just to keep the lights on. Sure. Um, you know, because of the work I do in the community and kind of like the position that I hold, we kind of open that door to have conversations with individuals, regardless of what sure. is on there. Right. Problem is, is we want to hire them and we submit, we are required to submit a background, background check mm -hmm. in corporate out in Houston, Texas says, oh, you know, the red flag goes out mm -hmm. the minutes. Yeah. And so like our hands are tied because they won't allow us to move, move forward. forward. Mm -hmm. Right. So my hope is that in the near future, that does seriously change. But then also whoever, whatever organizations that currently do exist, that we <clears throat> can start to develop those relationships. Right. I'd say that's our next step where I'd love to start pursuing is finding that continuum of care because we don't, right. we also want a very strong alumni program so that we can stay very close in touch with kids that do graduate because, again, that piece of whether they go to a collegiate recovery program or they go right into a trade or they serve in the military, that they come back and they truly share their stories of hope thriving and recovery to our younger kids yeah. coming up right absolutely and then you know going it's awesome you talking about that because like you're instilling in these kids that are going through this recovery high school and then they're graduating like a lot of times most colleges it talks about it you know just how they don't reach out for that help you know they they feel right. so alone but then the kids that are going through this recovery high school are already going to know, you know, well, I need to find me a place like have these different tools in my belt so I can be able to have that success after I leave from this high school. Right. Yeah. Talk about like bridging the gap, like how much more comfortable you, we would all feel if like you end up having, whether it's a college and career day or something or an alumni frequently, maybe every quarter they visit. Right. And they're like, I'm from ECU. I'm from U Chapel Hill. I'm from UNCC and those kids are looking to go to those schools right. to already know someone, a familiar face that's yeah. in the collegiate recovery program. To already have a relationship established. Yes. yes. I mean, that's huge to be able to be like, oh, okay, that I'm going to join them or I'm going to text them, call them before I go so that yeah. they can introduce me and do that whole, you know, that orientation process that kids love doing and in, in like their senior year of high school. Well, they go though and they are checking out the recovery. Yeah community too so i just want to get a plug in here um i heard mm. you say military and i think it was a you know good oh. time to sit here yeah. and talk with the veterans and give them a shout out because it's because of them we're sitting here having this podcast Absolutely. and we got this freedom of speech and you know we can get on here and talk about these things and so shout out veterans anybody that served thank you for thank you for your service and thank sacrifice thank you thank you Absolutely. for your service Woo. We'll be following up tonight with a 7 right. p.m. Veterans Day special podcast. The double threat. The double threat. <laughs> double, what do we, we say? I uh, forgot. Double header. Double header. A double header. A double header podcast <laughs> today. But yeah, definitely thank you guys for your service. Um, we work closely with the two collegiate recovery programs here in town at Western Carolina University. And then we started our own last fall at... SCC, the community college that I attend, and um, it's come a long way in one year. Just the collegiate recovery communities in general sure. have come, come a long way with those national level conferences and kind of the interactions that we've been able to continue throughout mm -hmm. the year and 
guys like Jay Harris that I talk to regularly and mm-hmm. kind of like bounce ideas off of because it's a whole nother world and what he's doing at like this big campus compared to like what we're doing out here. True. Different barriers and different um, things like that. But to be able to collaborate with guys like that, um, to be able to collaborate with some other folks that through ARHE mm-hmm. and like leadership training and stuff like that. Yeah, do you know, I don't know, the name Chris Campo ring mm-hmm. a bell? Yeah, Chris is on our committee, too. Yeah. So having these key people who just are collegiate recovery all over our state truly makes a difference. Yeah, I think the, just that the importance of that transition. Yes, is, I agree. Um, and that they're not just, like, on your own to apply to the college of your choosing. Like right. They already have those, those connections, those relationships mm-hmm. built. What type of, I mean, you mentioned that, who was it? The one of the law enforcement agencies said that they could fill your classroom. Oh DEA. yeah, the DEA. DEA. Mm-hmm. Like, do you intend to serve just the general Charlotte community? Or are you kind oh, of opening it up to the state? Or like, oh, so it's such a good question. How are you going to decide? Like, so we've entertained because Caleb's got a couple busloads he'll ship out to you <laughs> <laughs> next week. Yeah, and like, yeah. what does it cost? Okay. Oh, so this is all good questions. So. These have been two very key questions that I need more and more people to better understand. So we've entertained private, charter, public school collaboration, right? And so we've really truly looked at everything and done our our homework. And we ended up leaning towards private. And when you say private, though, it scares a lot of people. A lot of people have this perception, and that's another thing I'm trying to break is perception because just listen and be open-minded to mm-hmm. hear what it is. Because private, everybody thinks, well, you're only serving a certain population. You're going to be ultra expensive, mm-hmm. um, and that's the harder route, so why would you go that way? And the truth of the matter is private provides freedom and flexibility for us to do what we need to do for these kids. Public dollars right now, hold way too many strings attached, uh-huh. make it 10 times more difficult to get the door open. They may help long-term sustainability, but they're going to put so many restrictions on you that at the beginning, you may not be able to do everything you need to do to truly show what a recovery high school is supposed to be. So that was our big push for private. And charter would also make us take longer to open, and we are feeling that sense of urgency. So that was that. When it comes to the cost, here's the best thing I can't wait to explain. So the goal, here's the goal. The goal is with an operating budget of about a half million is what we're looking at, to have about six teachers and 20 kids in year one because I want to serve 20 well and then let us grow organically. But if we serve 20 well on paper, if they each gave – 2000 a month for 12 months. That's about $24,000. You multiply that for 20 kids, that's almost covering our entire operating budget strictly on tuition, which puts a lot less pressure on fundraising and grant writing, but it leaves enough room that you do still need to do those things, but it's uh, definitely a different level of comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we could get startup money just to get off the ground enough money that would cover so that almost every family of those 20 pays maybe 50 bucks a month, maybe. And that's asking us to cover the operating budget. The goal is for families to on paper be paying 2000 but almost every single family being scholarshiped in because this shouldn't be another expense for families to dive into what they've probably paid for treatment already mm-hmm. and thrown so much money that breaking the bank 
but we also know reality. We're going to be serving some families that can afford that. So what we're looking to do is have a sliding scale once we're up and running and sustaining. So that we may be serving some families that can help pay for it, and then there'll be families that will be fully, if not almost 100% scholarshiped in because we've also learned you need to have a little bit of skin in the game, no matter what that looks like. If that's $5 a month, that could mean a lot to that family, then that's what you're paying our school. But we know, too, there are organizations that are way more open to fund us for a kid's scholarship for a year Mm -hmm. than give us half a million dollars to get open and running, which I also understand. So if we can show thriving success with just that startup money, just to get us up off the ground to pay for our staff, pay for our lease, pay for our kids in the first year or two, I firmly believe not only will these first kids going in for pretty much for free to this school, but the truth of the matter is we're opening up doors for success and scholarship for kids. And how many people give to organizations, but if you can attach an actual child's success at a recovery high school to that scholarship, yes. it's a game changer. One that's measurable. So measurable. And, and tracking with them, you know, not to think comparing by any means to the commercials you see about, you know, give a, cent, a couple cents a day, to, but it really pulls at your heart to say, I do want to give to this because I can see the impact on an actual person. In your yes. own backyard. In your own backyard. And th- this is the cool thing about being private as well. You, If you can get to our school, you can apply to our school. So if you're in Fort Mill, Indian Land, all parts of North Carolina, I'll tell you if it was my child, I'd probably drive anywhere from two to two and a half hours to and from if it was the only recovery high school in the state. Right. I would get my kid there. So that you start looking at what that radius looks like of, of touching, and it's not even close to just saying secluding just to the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area. We're talking Houston, Texas has a young lady who takes a bus for almost an hour and a half to and from. And so clearly she's over 70 miles from that school, but she wants that school. So that's what's really awesome about if your recovery high school community decides to go private. It is a harder route, to be honest, but it's going to get the doors open faster. You're going to be able to serve the kids the way you you need to serve them. And if you honestly talk about it, in the way that you are scholarshipping kids and that we're here to serve all kids under the private model, that's almost unheard of, mm-hmm. that you're serving every type of family of every socioeconomic status level at a private school with a private – I mean, that's – people look at me sometimes like, wait, you're – There's nobody doing that recovery or not. Right. right. Just totally. In general. And so that's what I'm trying to teach people because sometimes when people hear private, you've already, they've created their criteria for certain things. And if you say private, you're automatically moved away. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. You need to understand what we're trying to do here. We're trying to provide such a flexible setting for these kids that in our society and the way platforms have been created, this is the way. But if you are open-minded to say, well, we can actually not have a family pay out of pocket, maybe more than a few bucks a month, that's tremendous. Yeah. And so that's where you we're open, headed. You open those doors with that, that and complete that first class, yep. and you will have the private donations to fund those scholarships. No doubt in my mind. Because of the success. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Um, you also think they also like the misperception of like private school is like faith based. Yeah. Completely faith based, like specific denomination mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And I saw mm-hmm. you guys were like non denominational right. with the spiritual. And this is the cool thing. So being a believer, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be hard at times to not throw my faith 
in every direction, but it will be done through my actions. So I really believe Mm -hmm. that my faith will be driven in a very um, important way. Maybe it's strategic. I don't know if that's the right word, but we know these are kids. These are adolescents. So some kids, if you just approach faith in a way, you're going to make them run away. And I don't want kids to run away, but I also don't want to be untrue to who I am and what is really true also. So to me, my actions hmm. are going to speak. Come on. I really do believe that the environment we create that's going to be all about love, that they may have never, ever been a part of before, mm-hmm. they'll just feel it in every ounce of us. They won't even have to ask, do you believe or what is your faith? Because it'll be written all over what we do in that school. So we will be providing 12-step support for kids who are going that route. But we're also going to be saying, look, here are the requirements of our school in terms of you need to go to meetings. That's part of your plan. But what meetings you go to? That's on you, but we're going to provide support for all of the different types that you want to go that are in our area, which in our area, there's not a lot to really no? choose from. I mean, there's there's a few. I there's, think that in Charlotte. There's yeah. Well, the most common, so I won't say that there aren't exist, but most kids find success and young people are finding success through the 12-step, mm-hmm. just to be honest. So when the majority I know are going to come from that, maybe smart recovery, people have thrown at me um, refuge. Or smart com- recovery. You know smart recovery? Smart recovery? Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, is that like the goal set? It's like the goal set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Setting, cross yep. talk kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. Now, do they have faith based um, groups down there for kids? All the 12 step ones are. But for kids, it's not, there aren't any that are Specific. just for kids. Right. Okay. That's what I'm hoping to also right. develop. Well, like like life recovery this. and celebrate recovery. That type celebrate of recovery is, yeah. is definitely, but that's part of what I need to do um, in my homework mm-hmm. is strengthen my knowledge because I've, I've dealt with an eating disorder that's different yeah. than substance use in a way. I'm but involved it, in the Refuge Recovery Fellowship. Mm-hmm. I have been since 2014 and, um, one of the advantages of it too is it is a non-theistic approach um, and it is open to addictions of all kinds, whether it's an eating disorder, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. a substance use, whether it's a behavioral issue. Um, and it also welcomes young folks. The groups over in Asheville, they have treatment centers, the outdoor, the wilderness therapy, mm-hmm. right adolescent treatment centers they bring them in all the time like they welcome young individuals and i do know there's some there are a few out there um as like somewhat of an alternative but young people's 12 step i mean yeah you get it going if there's not a lot there start you know get have somebody create one one of those staff members or whoever it might be and your kids sure. will thrive. i think so too and i think um there are some young people on our committee that can help build that um resource platform just to say here here are the meetings that we've attended or think that are really awesome for young people go go here's your options you know go go there so that'll be a big part of our faith component is definitely attending meetings but really the faith being something greater your higher power you define what that means but we're here to support a faith-based approach if that's your work with you to help you discover oh absolutely right and that's what having the recovery support staff um my goal is to have them really, truly, they are thriving in recovery themselves so they okay. can provide um, a true peer-to-peer <clears throat> feedback. Are you going to have any kind of Christian-type um, programs, like, specifically, instead of just, like, 12-step? 
Well, specifically because we're going to say that we're non-denominational, mm-hmm. we're not going to necessarily have a program that everybody would have to go through. Right, right. But, but you have offering, an option. Yes, yeah. okay. yes. It's funny. When we first started the podcast, um, we didn't have all this equipment. Like we, This was funded by our audience and listeners That's through awesome. Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And so at the very beginning, we didn't know what the heck we were doing, right? We were just like some guys talking. So we didn't even own like headphones. <laughs> What did we start out with? The the equipment we didn't use headphones over at Western at the university. Oh yeah, okay. But like, there was, so there was like, because the headphones really help you. Like, I don't know. We're kind of. I'm assuming we're around the same age. So like, you talk on the telephone. You can kind of like learn to talk sure. back and forth without talking over each other. The headphones like help with that. Totally. Maybe. No. You didn't, you didn't use the phone. <laughs> you didn't use the phone. You're too young. But. When we weren't wearing the headphones, we were like kind of talking over each other a little bit here and there. Yeah. And it makes it's not like that big of a deal. It just makes it difficult for like the editing kind of peaks and stuff. Sure, sure. And so we were doing, we weren't doing a whole lot of video, but we were trying, we were like doing some hand signals. That's why Caleb keeps raising his hand every time he has a question. Oh, yeah. We did did it for so long last year. I forgot about that. (laughs) That's funny. At the very beginning. How can um, organizations, like NC Raw, like Res Hope, like, you know, whoever in the community, how can they support you? How can they be a part can of I, what you guys are can doing? Can I share? Yes, you I can. I know what you're going to say. Uh, do you? Because yeah. Okay. Just share share the, uh, her post, the uh, the message. Oh. That, I, I thought she was going to say. No, right? but I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, because no, I okay. asked you this several times, yeah. like, you know, messaging her personally. Like, how can we help? Go ahead. Sure. Well, initially, people just truly being involved in our social media, our website, and attending events that we have would be great. But I was actually thinking of a conversation that Caleb and I had about how so many organizations are really trying to do the same thing across our state, and then they're not as well attended as they should be. How, How cool would it be if we could collaborate on a much more strategic level as a state where we hold maybe quarterly meetings where we mm-hmm. all just suck it up and we take a certain day that most of us can meet because we know all of us can't on the same day, but most of us can meet and we create a powerful event or two that we all are involved in and we rotate across the state where it's held. Because the truth is, that's how I think we're going to show the community at large how big of an issue this is, but just how many people are involved in the movement. Mm -hmm. That when you have pockets here, here, here of like 20, 30 people, that's cool. But imagine we all got together in the fall and the spring. To me, that can move mountains as opposed to us trying to like really give it our all. I think a lot of us will die out, sadly, because of feeling like I can't anymore or I it's too much. But if we can build each other up and do a bigger, mm. bolder, more impressive event as a state, that's kind of where I would love to be a part of, um, that this is so much bigger than even just a recovery high school movement in Charlotte. It's about creating a community across our state that understands all the resources that do exist. And then when you go and conquer on your own, you just have more tools at you. And the people we know, our community, our uh, recovery community quite well across our state but I feel like there's so many more people that I'm hearing and I'm t- meeting every day they're like feed me get me more I want to be a part of it tell me what I can do we would get that times 10 
if we created this type of environment across the state. Please include us. Okay, yeah. got it. Conversations. We will. Uh, I think it's something that we. You we'll know, I think that's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. you, there's something that there are people in your community that can bring to the table in our community, yes. same as going towards the coast of North Carolina, and not and like a formal conference. You know, like just a whether it's whether it's. Um, I know Raleigh did an awesome job. I think it was for. August 31st for International Overdose Awareness Day. And I felt like I was being invited to 60 different things and I couldn't be everywhere at once. But I'm like, we're across the state doing so many different events. Let's just do one huge one. The same thing happened Did you go go to I didn't go to the one in Raleigh because I felt like my tie was to Charlotte and my good friend Uh was doing something in Charlotte and I felt like I got to be there. remember the same thing happened here. Like there was one over in Franklin and then there was one over in Williamsburg. You guys were in Cherokee and we were all like at different events. He was over at one, I was over at one. You try to divide and conquer, but imagine we could all do one huge one and we split it up so that we are like in, in essence owning an event, but maybe every five years. Because we also know how much work it is to do it annually. Yes. What if, like, you guys were in charge of the next year, and then Charlotte took on the next year? But you all, we all came, yeah, committed and to committed to, to going yeah. to yours. I'm gonna support you. You support yep. me, and let's do this. Yep. And that, that's why I, I love it. This, that's why I started this podcast because there were so many. I thought it would be it was a way to unite those little pockets. It's so rural. Sure. It's so rural here, mm-hmm. and there's like small groups of people in this little town over yonder. 10 or 12 doing good over work. yonder. <laughs> and then there's like a little pocket of people over here doing work. And then a yeah. little pocket on campus doing work. And then their little community. But there's like, they're not inclusive. And then us. inevitably, I feel like you do feel that competitive thing. And you're like, oh, I don't want that. Join. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it makes me think about the panel yeah. discussions. Y'all so need- many panel discussions. But why don't we all just come mm-hmm. together? Y'all hear that New York come out of her when she gets fired up? Uh, this is <laughs> Did you hear it? Yeah. I, I tell people when I'm angry or really excited, that's yeah. when they the kids will be like, what did you just say? Walk? <laughs> coffee? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to tell you when it's 1230? What time is it? 1228. <laughs> then, oh. yes, I guess. You got something um, outside? Or? We, have a, we have an yes. event coming up in Ooh. January called Day One. We haven't got the location <clears throat> or the exact. It's either going to be New Year's Day or that Saturday, which is on, I think, on the 6th, 5th. Anyways, we're doing an event um, over at uh, at one of the gyms in Asheville. We would love to have you attend, and we're going to try to have News 13 there. So, like, you can talk about what you're doing down in uh, Charlotte, you know, with the school and everything. That and would be awesome. It's going to be, uh, we're going to do a, an intro class, like some exercises, some yoga, beginner's yoga. And then do a walk around a block. Wow. And set some goals for 2019. Awesome. And uh, our friend, Tom Shanahan, who is from New York City, he uh, wrote a book called Spiritual Adrenaline Strength and Inertia Recovery. Wow. It's about to hit the shelves of Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble. And so he's going to be doing a book signing. And, yeah. We're that would be wonderful. I would definitely I'd keep love you in to attend. Please do. Okay. Please do. And please invite us to anything that's happening yes. at the school. Just Absolutely. Because, like, I would be totally down to drag all this stuff out there. Oh, that would be fabulous. something and talk to y'all. Um, you mentioned potentially in the near, near, oh, near yeah. future. Super near. Announcing a mm-hmm. location. 
So yeah, tonight. Um, you know I'm fishing, right? <laughs> tonight our local news channel is going to be coming in and, and mm-hmm. talking with my committee, and then we're going to hopefully go to the church space this week, and we're going to officially announce the location because that's a game changer conversation to tell our community this isn't just a dream. We're not stopping, so right. we're we're taking another step forward, and this church space is incredible, and they're perfect, and we're officially going to start. Um, getting on in there in early spring, regardless if we have the funding, we're just going to start believing and feeling like it's as real as if we are opening no matter what. So, awesome. So yeah, very excited. Stay tuned too for that announcement. How, how close are you to Huntersville? Um, not not too far. Forty minutes. We're coming down there next month. There's there's a big half marathon. Do you oh, and Vinny wow. run? We <laughs> we used to we used to be active like. Lifting weights and crazy, but he will uh, pressure you into it. I promise. We're both y'all. Of us. Sh- we're coming down there. <laughs> we're gonna come down there early, and um, I was gonna ride the course and everything. Maybe we can get to de- get together. For I think that dinner. that would definitely we should do. Okay. I don't know about the running part. Well, stu- <laughs> well y'all maybe y'all come and support us. That's a great plan. Yeah, that's oh, a great yeah. idea. Because we don't ever have anybody come and support us. We're trying <laughs> well, to get Rob sometimes. come out. Sometimes your mom well, yeah. comes. Yeah, out. am I? That my mom and Anna came all the way to Oklahoma, but Rob needs to come a lot of races with the, with the show, man. Throw a race a bit to a big one, like a fifty awesome. mile or something. Yeah, that would and be we'll eat fun. good too because we'll be carving up. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> the <laughs> night before right. the races are always the best nights to catch us for dinner. <laughs> How can people find you, support you, love on you? Sure. So our website is www.emeraldschool.org, and we're on all social media platforms from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we have a GoFundMe page. Um, you type in Emerald School of Excellence, it'll come right up. And we're just looking for any support in any way would be wonderful. And sharing us and educating people just through our, our sharing would be absolutely wonderful. What's your... <laughs> what's your go, go ahead, Ralph. Go ahead. Okay. What's your message to potential funders? Like, what, what is it that you want to say to them to get them to sew into this school? So to me, this school is going to be not just a game changer for our communities, but for families and generations to come. And that your dollars aren't going towards just just any cause or advocacy movement. You're going towards literally a kid's education and their recovery, thriving in recovery and potentially saving their life. And again, you know, when you save one person's life in recovery, you're saving that family, their future family, their future husbands and wives. Um, so you end up then recreating a generation of nothing but hope and love. Mm. And so that's really, truly where your dollars go. It, it's far beyond um, a single payment. It's, it's a life-changing, community-changing event. So, Come on. Dollars of blessings. Dollars of blessings. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I think we would all agree that the work you are doing is absolutely yes. phenomenal, and you have our Thank full you. support. Um, and anything that we can do, do not do not hesitate to reach out. Thank um, you. And let us know. Last closing thoughts. I was watching. You're y'all. amazing. I was watching y'all go when you were just talking earlier. I was like, man, it's so cool. Two two women of God over there <laughs> hashing it out for real. I can truly say that you know, iron sharpens iron, and you know, um, I haven't, you, you truly have, you've, you've, uh, you shared your knowledge and your power with me and I, I'm, I feel very empowered. I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready to go out there and <laughs> probably start a soup, 
Soup house. We're going <laughs> soup house. <laughs> we we uh we have a recovery house, right? Mm-hmm. And we're getting ready to have our second board meeting, and we have a date. We, we're wanting to be open by spring of 2019, and it's going to be able to um we're going to be able to. I don't want to say house eight men because it sounds like you're holding them against their will but sure, sure. for lack of a better term <laughs> yeah. right at this moment mm-hmm. um we're going to be able to um help eight men in recovery coming out of jail rehab detox and another big announcement remember what mama's telling the woman you know the house right beside the recovery house that little bitty like uh, kip home rob what? it's it's like right beside the recovery house at the top of the hill oh yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah, woman yeah. is uh she's she's in a Elder lady, and she's donating her house. Wow! Wow! So we'll have both of them. We'll have both houses, and now mm. check this out. The Lord really laid this on my heart. There's a church right behind there. Mm. My dad built that church. What? And you know, I'm coming into pastoring, and they'll have the two houses right there, and then a church that's not really. Um, they don't use it a whole lot. So I feel like the Lord's that's told me that's my you. that's mm. my church. That's the Res Hope Church. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, that's this really right, special. You really, you really inspired us that's to. Special. We 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 wrote down um, our potential vision boards, our vision boards that we got to start working on with our ministry and everything. So we definitely. Yeah, I'd thank love you to for encouraging us and yeah, everything. Stay in touch and bounce ideas. That's how we grow. Absolutely. So, Mary thank Frary, you so much. You are amazing. Yes, yes. appreciate you, you both. Yes, thank I, you for everything. <laughs> we'll do it again. Oh. Thank you guys for checking that's us awesome. out. Good afternoon. Good night. Talk to you later.